Ah, <laughs> oh, hopefully I'm still allowed to make that noise. We'll find out. Find out if somebody freaks out about it. All right, I have coffee. It's strangely almost light out. I mean, it's kind of light out, which is crazy. And now it's time for a show. Three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Today is Monday. It is February 15th, 2021. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Came out good. Well, I don't know about you. I had a pretty good weekend. Good morning, Denise. Uh, or at least I should say a better weekend than last weekend. I am, I am on the emotional mend. Things are getting better. Uh, a lot happened Friday and then this weekend. I mean, not a lot. Some stuff. I think the number one thing that you all might be interested in, well, we got two things. Number one, um, I think, yeah, this would have happened already, but I'll mention. The Thursday episode went live on Friday. It is an important episode. You really should check it out. Uh, it's available here on YouTube and elsewhere. Uh, episode 579, conversation, Conversations on Appropriate Use of Force. We bring in a martial artist who was also a cop and had a really good talk. So, uh, Shout out, thank you to Andrew for making that one happen. Friday, I did a bunch of different work things, but uh, most relevant for all of you is I launched my new personal YouTube channel. So you can find Jeremy Lesniak Martial Arts, JLMA, on YouTube seven videos we launched with seven videos and feedback has been overwhelmingly positive it's very much my style hey here's a concept check it out here's why i think this is this and not this Let's see what you think it's been it's been it's been nice to see that support uh this weekend this was an interesting weekend uh jim friday night and sunday night Hung out with some friends Saturday night. Um, yesterday? Saturday, I just kind of allowed myself to just kind of hang out and not really do anything. I didn't, I didn't move much. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. But yesterday, I got up and by, let's see, when the cat wake me up? Seven? And then I think by 7.30, I was being productive. It was kind of insane. What did I do yesterday? I cleaned the house. Pulled everything off the bed and washed it, you know, like even the, the, you know, the, the cover on top of the mattress, that thing. I even washed that thing. I washed my pillows. How often do you wash your pillows? I even washed my pillows. Vacuumed and dusted. The bedroom is, is like spotless now. Because uh, they've been a while. You know, it's a, by, by hours, it's probably the room I spend the most time in. I, mean, I spend a lot of time in my office, but I spend time in here in the kitchen. You know, it all gets split up. But there's a lot of time in there. I did a ton of projects around here. Uh, there was sauerkraut fermenting. Uh, I cooked rice for the week. I prepped my oatmeal for the week. I cleaned the kitchen. I did dishes. I think I did like five loads of laundry yesterday. Put away laundry. It was, it was kind of insane. It was really productive, and it was nice. What else did I do? 
I feel like I did things related to plants. I think I did some. I still have not ordered my perennials. It's okay. I'm still on the fence as to what I'm gonna do. But today, today is Monday. It's a whole new day. It's President's Day, it's a holiday. Some of you have this day off. I don't know that I've ever had this day off. I don't think I have. Days off are weird. I don't, I don't look at a day and say, oh, look at all, look at this day I don't get to do any work. That's a, that's a weird, it's a weird takeaway to me. There's stuff to do. There's important stuff to do. Denise says, Friday was a holiday too in New York, so it's a four day weekend. What holiday was Friday? It's the best thing I've heard about New York. Separate holidays. Lincoln's birthday. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know, didn't know anybody celebrated. Right on. Oh, hi, me. So what's going on today? Um, I think I have one call this afternoon. It's going to be a light day in terms of client things. I'm going to hammer through more of, of the Strength Speed program. That's taken a while. It's taken a little bit longer than I thought it would because I kind of had to reinvent a new process. Reinvent, I had to invent a new process. And it's going well. Uh, it's gonna be effective. I'm quite confident. What else? What's happened today? Just getting work done. Getting work done, hanging out, go to the gym, eat some food. Uh, Thursday I bought, and I think, when did I first use it? Friday? I think I first used it Friday. I bought an Instant Pot. Now, I'm not going to obsess over this thing, like everybody seems to on the internet, but I'll tell you why I like it. My dinners tend to consist of fish, rice, vegetables. And I don't have to worry about burning anything. I don't have to worry about putting in a bunch of fat to keep things from sticking. And I don't have to stir. I just put everything in and I press a button and I go off and I do something else productive. And like 20 minutes later, I have hot food. Yay! There you go. One observation I will make that I really like uh, for anybody who likes rice dishes and doesn't have one of these things, which there's probably like two of you left in the world. I think I was the last holdout, which is why it was $65 at Costco. Any sauce you put in with rice, the rice like really soaks it up. It's like, it's like when you get Chinese food, you know, the, the, the rice is really soaked up that sauce, whatever it is. This is pretty solid. Just, yeah, good times. but I'll keep experimenting with other things to cook. I will say, it's a bit, the, the, the marketing 
is a bit fraudulent. They're like, oh, cook this piece of fish in four minutes. Yeah, after it warms up for 10. Kind of lying. It's like saying, I can beat anybody in the world up so long as they're passed out on the floor. <laughs> but, uh, anything else to report? It's blowing my mind that it's so light out right now. It really is. Oh, and I got verbal on, on another client. I was supposed to have a meeting with that client today, new client. And they were rescheduled for tomorrow. So I should have two new clients. And we're kind of got two that we're onboarding. It's kind of cool. Busy, staying busy. I like being busy. I don't know if that Monday episode's up yet. Uh, I think today is Aaron Cass. Let me see. Is it up? It's not here yet. Okay. Um, should be here soon. I'm trying to remember. This is, this is the problem. Combination of my memory with delay from the time I put the episode together. I, remember, I have vague memories of who these people are, but not what they say. And that bums me out. Because I don't want people to think that I don't care. Because I do, it just... I just don't remember. Alright. Let's see what we got to talk about. Oh, you know what else happened on, over the weekend? I had a wonderful conversation with Frank. Great chat. He's such a good dude. He really is. Thankful to have him as a friend. <laughs> Thankful for all of you. I've gotten to know quite a few of you over the years. It means a lot. It means a lot that you support what we do. That you tune in, you listen. Spend your time, in some cases your money. Thank you for that. Today we look at another great African-American boxer, George Foreman. In fact, I found so many great George Foreman quotes, we will call today George Foreman. Part one. The world is full of people who want to play it safe. People who have tremendous potential but never use it. Somewhere deep inside them, they know that they could do more in life, be more, and have more, if only they were willing to take a few risks. No risk, no reward. Playing it safe is important sometimes. You've got to mitigate that risk. Most of the time, when we get into problems, it's because we've taken a risk that doesn't have a high upside. If you're going to take a risk, there should be a reward. If you're going to take a big risk, there should be a big reward. If you're going to walk down a dark alley by yourself because you're gonna you're taking a shortcut in a city and it saves you five minutes of walking it's probably not a good value proposition the, the reward doesn't really meet the risk does it but 
if you're, I don't know, if you're being chased, that's a silly example. Uh, what's a good example? I don't know. I'm sure you can come up with something better. My brain just suddenly went, thought I was waking up. It's gone. Weird. A lot of what I do is calculated risk. A lot of the things that we invest time and energy into, it's calculated risk. And I think that we all do that in instinctively. We recognize the risk in our actions, but we don't step back and, and really analyze it. If I'm going to, here's one, we've got a big storm coming. It's supposed to start at seven o'clock, one to two inches per hour, low visibility, etc. Let's say I need to go to the grocery store. I could finish up some work early and go to the grocery store and maybe risk not being as thorough with my work. The reward, the value proposition, is not to drive on the snowy roads. But on the other side, I could work the full day, be more thorough, have more productive output, but now I'm at risk driving on the roads, or I could just look at the driving on the roads part. Do I really need to go to the grocery store today? Could I wait until tomorrow or the next day? Yeah. So is it worth it? Not usually. If you're going to take a risk, there should be more of an upside than there is a risk, right? This is why, this is why people will play the lottery. I can spend a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, whatever, and I could win hundreds of millions of dollars. Now you can calculate the math out and you'll see it's not worth it, but the investment is so low that people don't even miss it. They don't miss that dollar or two. the early morning version of opportunity cost, as I'm explaining it, which I, I'm not doing a great job. To be successful in life, you must get in the habit of turning negatives into positives. It is only from the result of a negative, in almost every case, do we take action, do we change things, right? When do we change our spending habits when we're broke? When do we, um, when do we find new friends? When our old friends really treat us terribly. Good morning, Emmett. So when something negative pops up, something bad, something that you dislike, that hurts, whatever, there's a lesson in there. What can you learn from it? If we take the example of George Foreman and, and boxing, not him specifically, but just boxing in general. If you lose a fight, there's something to learn there. There's videotape that'll show you. Well, here's where you went wrong. You weren't conditioned well enough. You didn't prepare for 
this fighting style. Your footwork was off. You missed that block. Whatever it is. There's always something. There's always something that you can... You can dig into and take some lessons from. We don't do that enough. And I wish we were better at doing it before it got really bad, but we don't. We historically wait until we have to take action. Most human beings are not good at taking action until we have to. Until things are, are right there in front of you, it just, you've got to change. Emmett asks how everyone's weekend was, says that he was having a good weekend until Ireland lost the rugby match. I don't follow rugby. Rugby's interesting. My, my, I had a college friend who played rugby after. Stacy says, good morning. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up. Yes, thank you. Um, I had a college friend who played rugby after college and, you know, I went to a couple of his matches and what I found most fascinating, and this was just, you know, it was a, a rec league. Um, was that after the matches, the teams would go out and drink together. I thought that was so cool. You don't see that in other sports. I thought that was really nice. You know, these guys are beating on each other. And then when they're done, they went and had a couple beers. I like that. Crust in my eye. There we go. Super attractive, I know. Turn negatives into positives. Being angry and resentful of someone is like letting them live rent-free in your head. Good morning, Brian. This is such an interesting one. It really is. Um, we tend to dwell. We tend to dwell on the actions and the words of other people. We, we tend to give them a lot of credence, a lot of weight because we want people to like us and respect us and treat us well. Emmett says, I always thought it was amazing how a load of huge guys would just stop when a referee, uh, when a small referee says so, that's respect. Yeah. If somebody, and anybody who, pro, who posts content on social media knows this to be true. You can have a hundred people comment something generic and positive. Hey, good job. Hey, I like that. Hey, nicely done. Thanks for posting, etc. And then you could have one person who says something mean. And that one mean person, that's the one that you're going to remember. And of course, we all try not to because we don't want to. But it happens. It's true. There, there's something... There's something innate, and I think it comes from the fact that when, when those negative posts come up, we feel them in a bit of a threatening way. Evolutionary, evolutionarily speaking, those negative things, those threats, we had to pay much more attention to those than the, the nice sunrise or whatever. 
And it says, is that the reason I'm so forgettable to people? Maybe. Maybe you're not mean enough and threatening enough. Or maybe you're around the wrong people. One of the worst feelings in the world is being taken for granted. And it's something that I've been facing lately. People take you for granted and spend time with other people. Obviously easier said than done. But that's the goal. So when someone tells you, and it says, like yourself, Jeremy, I think we're just nice guys. I, I agree. There's nothing wrong with being a nice guy. So when you find that somebody's crept into your head and you're obsessing over them or something they said, something that they, they did, the way they treated you, what do you do? You spend, you don't, everybody's got different strategies for this. Now what I don't do is beat myself up for doing it. Say, okay, why do I feel this way? I unpack it. Why am I upset? And I'll analyze it. Sometimes I will even sit and have a conversation with myself out loud. Sometimes hearing the words can be helpful. Sometimes I'll write an email, never put their name in the, su in the, the to field, and write out an email and then delete it. Sometimes I write a letter. I haven't written a letter in a long time, though. Or sometimes I just trust that in time it'll fade. Because you can't always rush emotional things. If you're angry, you're sad, you're hurt, sometimes that just needs to sit there for a while and remind you what mistake to not make again. Anytime there's pain, there's a lesson. Unfortunately, there may be a disconnect between the uh, severity of the lesson and the severity of the pain, but there's still a connection. You can still learn something there. One more. If you want it, leave your excuses behind and come and get it. When I think of George Foreman, I think of someone who paved his own way. He had like eight kids named George. That's weird. That's a guy who's doing his own thing. I remember him boxing into his 40s. I think he was like 42, 44, somewhere like that, like in his last professional fight. He's a big, strong guy. Back when that was going on, I thought, man, that guy's old. I'm turning 42 this year. There is, I think the only difference between my willingness to step in a ring now versus let's say in my 20s is that in my 20s I would have been a lot more arrogant. Physically, I'm, I'm not that different. I'm stronger now. Might not be faster now. I think I'm just about as flexible. But I'm much less willing to get punched in the face. Not that I wanted to get punched in the face then. And then of course, you know, what do most people know George Foreman for? His grills! He made so much more money off those grills than 
boxing than being an athlete, which is crazy. But if he hadn't put that time in boxing, he wouldn't have had the opportunity for the grills. A true champion doesn't put others down, but picks them up. I agree. <laughs> Denise says, I love my George Foreman grill. I had one, was it in college or just out of, out of college? It was great. I don't think I would use it now because I don't, I'm not really going to cook fish in it. I don't eat other kinds of meat. So, so what lessons do we take from George Foreman? Do you do your own thing? I'm waiting on a Tyson Fury toaster. <laughs> I think there are probably some jokes in there. I don't know Tyson Fury well enough. He is a monster of a man and also has like an amazing boxing name. George Foreman's a great example of someone who did their own thing and achieved success because they just kept plugging along. You can do that too. We can look at the quotes from today. We can just, we can look at what makes sense. And if we add it all up, with some of the things I said today. Calculated risk is the key to success, even if you don't think of it that way. Changing a job, there's risk there. Starting or ending a relationship, there's risk there. Moving, new friends, new martial arts school. Attending martial arts, there's risk in all of it. What are your goals? How do you get there? What risks do you have to take to reach those goals? And be smart about it. Don't take all the risks on at once. What if things go wrong? What if several things go wrong at once? One of the bits of advice I've given to people who are starting their own business is, I want you to make a list of all the things that could go wrong. All of them, I don't care how ridiculous it is. Fire, flood, employee theft. Um, the internet goes out for two weeks. Um, identity theft. All your cash is gone, right? You make a list of all those things incredibly specifically and come up with a plan on how to handle all of it. You'll be a much better prepared business owner. Are the problems that are going to come up in the business or in life things that you would have predicted? No, they almost never are. But the more things that you come up with, the more pieces of plans that you have that you can string together to move forward. Emmett says, my wife often says to me, getting up each day is a risk. I'm pretty clumsy. She has a point. Great show today, by the way. Thank you, Emmett. Appreciate it. And that's a good place to end. So, thanks for coming by. Thanks for joining me. Uh, is that episode out? Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I've got a feeling it's going to go live at, at, in like just a couple minutes. Come on. Come on. Oh, any moment now. 
If you have questions or comments, I hope you will leave them below so I can respond to them tomorrow because we do this show five days a week, 6.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And if you're watching, please hit that thumbs up button. Maybe you go check out the new Jeremy Last Night Martial Arts channel. Uh, you will not see Whistlekick branding on that. I'm running that separately. Uh, and if you watch, you'll probably see why. And if you want to help us out, remember we've got a Patreon and there's stuff you can buy at whistlekick.com. Use the code FIRSTCUP15. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Peace.